We've all been hurt. We all carry scars. We can all overcome these things and be healed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's build that relationship together right here. Welcome to Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. Hey everybody, welcome back to the sanctuary. So great to have you with us as always. And if it's your first time, let me just say welcome. Now, before we hop in here, I have to tell you, I normally don't look at the metrics for the podcast a whole lot because, well, I just don't get hung up on them. That's not my really my thing. Um, so, you know, but periodically I do look at them, you know, because it is good to, to see what's happening once in a while so you can find out what's working and what's not with certain things. And this past weekend just happened to be one of those times. And it was it was very exciting uh, to see so many new followers and uh, and returning people uh, t- tuning in all over the world, you know, is is very reassuring to see that we're getting the word out there, and it's because of all of you. So I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, you know, thank you for your likes, thank you for your shares, you uh, thank you for the subscriptions, you know, your kind words, uh, you know, every time that you post on any of our media or anything, you know, it, it's it, it's it helps us out tremendously. Uh, so you know, thank you so much. You know, and, and uh, you know, um, let, let's let's keep that going so we get the the word out to uh, to more people. Uh, but you know, thank you so much. You know, our growth. You know, it's 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 because of you, and it is also a testament of God's glory. You know, because it, it is all to Him. Uh, I'd like to remind you all that if you do have a question or if there's something that you'd like to hear us talk about or maybe go a little bit more detail on, you know, feel free to reach out anytime. You can find our email and our social media links and all that good stuff at our website, which is BeTheLightSanctuary.org. Okay, with that said, uh, we're going to pick back up in Ephesians 4. Uh, where we left off. And we're going to look at what Paul has to say about Christian living. You know, in, in the first part of the chapter, if you recall, we were looking at being united as the church. You know, we as believers are the church. We, we as people are the church. You know, it's it's not a building. You know, there's a distinct difference between people who go to church and those people who are the church. You know, even the devil goes to church. So don't be deceived into thinking that you're saved simply because you go somewhere at a certain time and and get preached at and leave. You know, that's very legalistic. It doesn't work that way. You know, Um, so it's it's it it, it really comes down to this: either you're part of the church or you're not. You're either a believer or you're not. All right. So for those of you with your Bible and those of you with your apps or even those who are just taking notes. Uh, join me now in Ephesians 4, and we're going to look at verses 17 through 24. Um, the Bible says, So, I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ, and you were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught 
with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, as we already learned, the Jews and the Gentiles have been united in Christ, right? Uh, th- those who believe. So why are we being told not to live like the Gentiles? Well, the meaning is a bit different now. Now we're looking at believers versus non-believers. That's what's actually being meant here, all right, is non-believers. And the futility of their, their thinking is referring to the fact that as part of the human condition, we're really good at not just thinking our, uh, you know, uh, ourselves away from God, um, you know, because we we do we will we will we think we know better. We will we will come up with stuff. We will devise things and scheme things, and we will pull ourselves away from God. But in doing that, you know, it moves us away very quickly as well. You know, it's easy for us to get caught up in the way of the world and to go and do those things because, you know, let's face it, you know, it's it's comfortable. It's what we know. You know, it's what we've seen. Uh, and part of the issue with non-believers is the fact that the Bible is really hard to understand. They can't wrap their heads around it. It's confusing. You know, and God, you know, he's done this on purpose. You see, for non-believers, they get caught up in their own pride. They have it built up in their heads that they can figure out anything given time. However, to fully understand the Bible, we have to lean on God in faith. You know, in, in Matthew thirteen thirteen, Jesus says, This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Even though everything is right in front of the non-believer, they miss it. They can't see the forest for the trees. You know, it's, it's, it's not until you come to Jesus and you have a relationship with him that things start to get revealed. That's the Holy Spirit in you opening your eyes. All right. Sorry about that. I'm going to hit my mute button one more time here. Okay. Now we got most of the cough is gone. I still, got, still uh, have a lot of other stuff going on there. Sorry about that. Don't want to blow out those ears. All right. And we're going we're gonna to keep on uh, driving through here. All right. You see, the other part of what we're seeing here in Ephesians is that when people look at you as a Christian, they should easily be able to see the difference between you and a non-believer. Remember, we are reborn in Christ, so we are a new creature. And if you recall, that doesn't take away our individuality. The other thing is that it does change how we think about everything, how we respond to everything, what types of attitudes 
we have about things, you know, and these things that it takes time. It takes time because we need to learn. We don't just come to Christ and instantly know everything. We are reborn. And like a small child growing up, we have to learn. Not only that, but we have to unlearn. See, we have to unlearn what the world has said is right and what the world has said we should do and what the world says is good. And instead, what we need to start to learn is what God says is good and what God says is right and what God says to do. You know, we have to stop doing what the world insists we do and start doing the things of God instead. And as we grow, so does our understanding and methods to do things. This continues throughout our lives. You see, we, we lean on God, we listen to Him, and we do what He tells us to do. And while we do that, he molds us as he needs. Now, it's not always easy. Matter of fact, even molding is not always easy. If you've ever done any kind of molding, you know, sometimes it's really tough. You really have to get in there and work. You know, and as a matter of fact, the Bible warns us that it's not going to be easy, that life is not going to be easy. However, in the end, when we are called home and into God's glory, it will be all worth it. See, it's your actions as an ambassador for Christ that will show people in the world what you truly believe and who you truly are. You can't be two-faced, putting on a show for the church and treating people in the world differently as we're about to see. So let's look back to Ephesians 4, verses 25 through 28. The Bible says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all neighbors of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. See, again, you can't lie. Lies are the tools of the devil. You know, they, they bring discord. And it doesn't matter how small it is. You see, we tend to think of that little, you know, those, those little white lies. You know, oh, they're, you know, they're not going to hurt anyone. It's, it's okay. You know, however, the truth is, a lie is a lie. If you're not speaking the truth, then you shouldn't be speaking at all. You know, and now, now this next part, the next part of this I love. Because when people get angry, others like to say things like, you're not acting very Christian-like, or aren't you supposed to forgive and forget? No! We can dispel that right now. People who say these things haven't paid attention to the Bible. You can get angry. Let me say it again. You can get angry. Matter of fact, it's going to happen. Jesus got angry. It is how you respond in that anger. You need to control it. The Bible is telling us here, that you can be, you know, you can get angry and not sin. 
See, they're two different things. As a matter of fact, we could see a clear reference to Psalm 4, verse 4, which says, Tremble in your anger. Do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. You see, you can be angry. You can be downright furious. That's what it's talking about. That tremble, you know, when you're so mad that you're shaking. You know, however, you have to maintain control and not sin in that anger. You see, it's when we give in, when we lose control, that we give the devil a foothold to take control. And others end up getting hurt in the process. When we sin, people get hurt in the process. Now, the Bible shows us several times where people have gotten angry and not sinned. Jesus himself was angry over the merchants in the temple and cleared them all out. And how did he do that? Well, he did it in grand fashion, didn't he? Overturning tables and chasing them out with a whip. You know, it sounds violently overboard for the image a lot of people have of Jesus. However, when we read the account, we see he did enough to clear out the sin and to clear out the sinners. But he did not actually harm anyone. He drove his point home. And this wasn't the only time. You know, people like to point at this and be like, oh yeah, look, Jesus got mad once. No, he was angry more than once. He, he You know, he, there was a time he even became angry with the disciples when they made others, see, you know, seem and feel like second-class citizens by trying to send them away when Jesus was trying to preach to the children in Mark 10. And then, you know, there, there are, are other incidents recorded where Jesus was angry as well. You know, the point is, just like Jesus, we have to exercise self-control. We need to deal with things in a way that build one another up and resolves the situation. See, we can't just ignore things and wait for them to get better either. You know, a lot of people like to do it's like, oh, you know, I don't want to I don't want to rock the boat, I don't want to cause turmoil, so we're, you know, we're just going to do that. No. You know, just because you're angry doesn't mean you can't act in love. Now, sometimes the truth can hurt, but it's better to act in truth and in love than it is to cause the harm that comes outside of that in sin. All right. Now, picking back up our reading in Ephesians 4, uh, we're at verse 29 through 32 now. The Bible says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Jesus forgave you. You know, sometimes... It's easier said than done, isn't it? But as Christians, we need to learn how to respond to the world in a way that glorifies God. That's the problem we see in a couple of areas of society you know, these days. On the one side, you have this over-amped group that wants to exude machismo, right? 
And they do it to a point that they become arrogant and hateful. And on the other side, well, let's just say it, cancel culture. You know, instead of machismo, they're, ex- they're ex- exercising another type of pride. And again, out of arrogance and hate. And both sides, well, they both become self-absorbed and selfish. And it's not just in these instances, is it? We see the same in a lot of areas of life today, all around the world. So it's important that we act in love. You know, back in the, the, the late 80s, early 90s, we had this huge movement. And, you know, many of you uh, have, no doubt have heard of it. You know, people would wear bracelets and shirts and various things. And they simply said, WWJD. And that stood for, what would Jesus do? Four simple yet powerful word, words that form a question that pertains to really every aspect of Christian life, right? What would Jesus do? It's uh, something we would all benefit to stop and ask ourselves from time to time. All right, let's let's move into Ephesians 5 now. So Ephesians chapter 5, uh, we'll look at the first couple of verses here to get started. Uh, the Bible says, follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is a solid answer for what the question we just heard you know, is, isn't it? You know, what would Jesus do? And as his followers, we are much like children. You know, what do children do as they grow up? Well, they follow their parents around watching, you know, how they walk, how they talk, how they do things, learning what they believe. And, they, you know, they end up becoming, you know, little carbon copies, don't they? You know, they start mimicking what they see and what they hear. And they take on the mannerisms of their parents, right? Um, you know, and, that, and that's exactly what we should be doing as followers of Jesus. We should be learning to be servant leaders just like him, all right? Um, Ephesians 5, verses 3 through 7, the Bible says, But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving, for of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such as a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. You know, this in and of itself, really, you know, it's a reason we should be careful just turning on the TV or the radio anymore, isn't it? You know, just on Christmas Day alone, we were watching a football game on TV, and I can't tell you how many times we saw an advertisement for for one of the Bachelor shows. You know, and it seems like everywhere you look anymore, everything is promoting, you know, this life of excess, excess money, material things, you know, um, the other sex, sex itself, and then some. 
You know, many, many of you are, are wondering why you can't find a loyal partner in life. But you're looking at immature boys and girls with immature idols while you're listening to things that claim to be empowerment that are really, the reality is they're depreciating you as an object and taking away your your value and your worth as a person. You know, oh, I'm a queen bee, ladies. The guys truly value you. They don't want to be. They want a woman. All right. Oh, I'm a knight in shining armor. You know, guys, the ladies that truly value you, they don't want that fairy tale garbage. They want the knight in the dirty worn armor that only comes with a real man doing real work to provide for his family. You know, I've oversimplified it here, but you get my point. Catch me, you know, on the side. And we could talk about it in detail if you, if you if you don't quite get what I said and what I'm saying here, you know. But the whole you know, oh, I'm a queen bee, and by bee, you know, of course, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not saying the word that's being used out there. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. And then the the whole, you know, the that whole image of you know, oh, look at me, I'm a knight in shining armor. I'm I'm the guy you've been looking for. It's all garbage. You know, I'm telling you guys, if you're that person. You know, oh, I'm the I'm the queen bee. I don't care. Or, you know, oh yeah, you know, I'm the I'm the guy. You need to stop. You need to make some evaluations, and you need need to make some changes in life, uh, very very quickly. All right. The fact is, we need to stop giving into the indulgences of the world and treating each other like garbage. You're a Christian. You follow Christ. Well, if that's fact, then you should be looking to serve others and not yourself. You should be treating others with the respect that you would like to get in return, not based on how they treat you. The golden rule itself actually comes from Luke chapter 6, verse 31. Now, I will tell you, it does not say to do unto others as they you know, do unto you. It does not say do unto others before they do unto you. It does not say to one-up others. No. Luke 6.31, the Bible says, do to others as you would have them do to you. All right? It's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. Like I said, it doesn't say do unto others as they do unto you or before they do unto you, or to one-up others. It says, to do as you would have them do to you. Now, let's face it. You will not always get the respect you deserve, but you should always, always give it. Now, this doesn't mean we should click up and we could, you know, and shun out sinners even though we see some so-called churches do this, all right, that is not what Jesus taught. You know, it wasn't. Oh, you know, we we need to keep an eye. You come and sit right here where we can keep an eye on you. You know, we got and then you gotta you gotta you know, as soon as we're done, you gotta get back out that door. And it, no, none of that. Instead, in Luke five, verses thirty-three, thirty-two, Jesus said to lead them to Him, to lead these people to Him. All right, so what, how do we do that? Well, we need to go out into the world. However, we need to be mindful and not allow ourselves to get absorbed into the world's practices and idols. Now, 
for time's sake, I'm going to move through the rest of this you know, fairly quickly. Uh, moving back to Ephesians 5, uh, verses 8 through 14. The Bible says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is reminding us that we all come from darkness. Every one of us. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. Yet through the blood of Jesus Christ, we've all been forgiven. Well, when I say we all, we all as believers, right, have been forgiven. We have the Holy Spirit within us. That is the light of the Lord. And it will attract people. Your actions will attract people. Not only that, but we're being told to call people out when we see their sin. We're being told, don't tolerate it, don't accept it, don't condone it, and don't bite your tongue. As a matter of fact, just by staying quiet, others may interpret that single action alone as approval of their sin. And others will will see it as approval of another person's sin. And they'll view you as being just as guilty of it. Guilt by association is a very real thing. So you need to stay on the alert so that false beliefs aren't allowed to infiltrate and to pervert the church. All right, continuing on, Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 20. The Bible says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand that uh, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to be on the alert and we need to be mindful in how we live our lives every single day. See, you need to be purposeful in what you do because evil is everywhere. It's permeated every society on this planet and it's become an accepted part of the culture, which is all the more reason that you should do what good you can, when you can. You know, the next part here is what's taken out of context a lot. You know, many interpret it to mean you shouldn't drink, you know, and will spout all sorts of unresearched gibberish that's either been handed down to them or written on social media. Um, you know, but what's saying here is to be careful, to be mindful of what you're doing and not get drunk. 
So this is where the, the old adage of taking things in moderation comes in. You know, a, a drink here and there is not going to hurt. But people don't truly know their limits. And that's why it, it ends up getting twisted into this whole thing of, you know, people saying, well, it's better just not to drink at all. All right. See, we need to be sober-minded. When we have too much, we are we are no longer in control of our senses and our faculties. And that that's when the enemy is given a foothold. Because we start doing things that we shouldn't. We start taking risks that we shouldn't. We start doing stupid things that we shouldn't. You know, every, you know, you get out there and, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, I can I can drink X amount or whatever. And the fact is, you know, as you get older, you don't process things the same. And it's actually not the more you can drink. It's the less you can drink. You just don't feel that way. And you're giving in to what the, 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 the devil is whispering into your ear, into those lies. So, you know, we, we need to be very careful. We need to be very mindful. And it's not just of alcohol anymore is it but other things that you know change change your mindsets you know certain you know let's just say you know drugs and medications and all that you know all the stuff that people turn to um that you know affects them like a drink you know the the, the adrenaline junkies and all that because um, there is a very real thing there that's been studied and researched all right so we we need to make sure that we're doing the right thing and that we're maintaining control all right don't risk giving the devil a foothold you know, uh, we, instead, what we should remember is that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We should give him praise everywhere we go. And in everything we do, we should be giving, you know, thanks for the many blessings that we've been given and, can, and or continue to be given. You know, and we need to ensure that his light is shining for others to see, you know, through us at all times. You know, sometimes things are going to get rough. The light's going to seem a little dimmer. And it's going to be hard to be thankful. However, you can rest assured that not only is the Lord with you, but he is building a new strength in you through those tough times. Don't let the storm around you take your eyes off of Jesus. Keep centered on him and keep following him one step at a time. All right. So that's our time for today. Remember, you are loved and you are blessed. So go and be the church. Thank you all for joining us here today at Healing Scars with Pastor Burton. Please like, subscribe, and share our podcast on any platform it is that you tune into us on. If you do have any questions, any prayer requests, or would like to know more about our ministry, you can find us on our website, at be the light sanctuary.org or on Facebook at be the light sanctuary. Uh, you can also find how to contact us there, whether it's direct message or email. We look forward to hearing from you all. God bless.